Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are ready to take up arms against the British? Question mark? Oh, okay. We have a lot to talk about because I was extremely confused. Excellent segue. <laughs> um, the Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically un- un- passionate. To the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Why did I write that stupid sentence? It's so hard <laughs> I don't to know. say. It's a good one, though. God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are, I, that's, I wasn't sure. We're not really taking up arms against the British, are we? But maybe we are. I don't know. Okay, should we talk about Outlander first, then, since let's we're just, on it? Let's get into it. Okay. So my, I took a shit ton of notes as I was watching. I'm glad you did, because I didn't. I just watched it and was like, I can't wait for more. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I probably have to couch this discussion with, like, this book, which is what, book four? Five. Five is when my interest in the whole series began to seriously wane. Because it just felt, like, overly complicated and confrontational to the point where I was like, why can't this poor family have one year, one calendar year without sedition or Uh (laughs) some sort of calamity Uh or rape scandal? I feel like had Claire gone back sooner instead of 20 years... That would have been a possibility, but because of the time when she, the time no, that, that elapsed, right between when she like was back in in her present and then back back to the to the eighteenth century, just because of when she went back, because it's what like seventeen sixty five or whatever mm-hmm. when she goes back, something ridiculous like that. How convenient for Diana. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just <laughs> calamity after calamity. Sure is. Um, so when. It was Breen Rogers' wedding, and I have a lot to say about that. But when the governor pulls Jamie aside, I was like, what is even going on here? They're mm-hmm. both talking in essentially nonsense sentences, saying nothing. Uh-huh. And I was just like, ah, shit. I'm going to have to ask Megan what the fuck I'm supposed to care about here because I can't remember. <laughs> Oh, is that a question? That's a question. Yeah, sorry. Oh, so no, that's okay. Um, so I just, before we get to that point, I just thought it was really funny that as um, Claire walks down the aisle and then Jamie brings Bree down the aisle and they both see the governor and they both look at him and are like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, which like if this had been said in like the 20th century, the 21st century, the wedding would have stopped. It'd been like, what the fuck are you doing here? Um, but they just sort of carried on and went with it. No, he's... Make it, he just wants to make sure because they're still... And this is the problem with the books versus the movies is that Murtaugh was dead in the books. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. I don't know. Super, super dead. Um, like like <laughs> super 20 years dead, ago like, dead. Like at Culloden 1746 yeah. kind of dead. And so... Um, and I like that they kept him alive mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Like I quite enjoy him being around still because um, there's still that connection for Jamie like to Scotland. Mm-hmm. And like his family, which is kind of nice because in the books, like none, it doesn't exist. Like it's an entire just new across separate. the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so I think part of the problem, because in the books, I don't remember it being quite as urgent an issue. 
um, right off the hop because they're not looking for Murtaugh. Right. Right, because, like, the Redcoats are looking for Murtaugh because he's a traitor, obviously. Um, and that's totally fine and understandable and whatever. So, like, the conflict with the regulators gradually asserts itself over the course of the book. Yes, whereas is this is much more, yeah, this is much more immediate mm-hmm. because Murtaugh is A, alive, and B, is, is like, the cause of the conflict, ultimately. Um, and, of course, everybody knows that Jamie knows where Murtaugh is. Well, yeah, like, I mean, obviously. Duh. Um, but no, so that, that whole weird contract, and I don't remember it in the book, I would have to go back and look. I don't remember if the governor was at the wedding or not. Um, but it just, I didn't like it. I, I don't it think so. I remember I the wedding being, like, is. super, super intimate. Yeah. Okay, so in terms of conflict this upcoming season, we've got that, we've got Roger and his claiming of Jem as his own. Yeah. And that conflict with Jocasta. He's we've got Bree and Roger because Roger wants to go back and there's no fucking way Bree's gonna. Yeah. And then I don't know, Claire's gonna get kidnapped again. <laughs> well and also she, well and clearly she's based on the previews that I have seen and, and you know, things that we know, is that she's essentially trying to play God with her medical mm. knowledge and skill. And sort of change, change the change the present. Oh, gotcha! Um, With some yeah. historical event again. Yeah, and I mean, also like, um, or I mean, at the end, at the end of the episode, when Murtaugh, you know, asks Jamie to ask her to do it, mm-hmm. right? Like, there is that, you know, which which again is, I think, another interesting thing that Murtaugh is there because, of course, Murtaugh is the one one of the only people that knows about the secret. Mm-hmm. And so I like that he, in that way too, I like that he's still around because he can like bear a little bit of that burden with Jamie and it's not just Jamie on his own. Yeah, for sure. Um, right. We're doing this wildly out of order. Oh no, keep, keep asking your questions. We'll do it in okay. your order. I just, I just keep thinking about that. Oh, I have jokes, but I've got, <laughs> I've got other stuff first. <laughs> um, speaking of Murta, I thought it was so apt that he is sleeping in a stick shack oh of course just like randomly in the woods and what bugs me though is i find it surprising that jacosta who barely follows rules herself or just constantly makes up new ones wouldn't continue an affair with murtaugh despite accepting duncan ennis's proposal right i agree like Um, why is that even a problem well, I think, and I, I, I wonder, I wondered that when I was watching it, but then I thought about, it, like, perhaps because it's not a problem in the book, because it doesn't exist in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, she just accepts Duncan's proposal. Like, it's no problem. Yeah. Because there is no, there's no conflict. Um, and, but, like, the thing about that that really bothered me more than the fact that she doesn't want to, like, carry on her dalliance with him, which, like, I'm sure at some point it's going to be a thing, it's fine, whatever, is that... He basically was like, well, you know, like, um, you know, he's like, well, do what you need to do ultimately. Right. Mm -hmm. And then she gets upset. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you're the one who's like breaking it off. Like, I don't know why you're mad. But anyway. Well, I think what she wanted was him to fight for her and be like, well, there's nothing that he can offer her, unfortunately. And she knows that. 
Well, and the other thing that she also knows and is aware of, and she tells Roger later, is that her her money, mm-hmm. right? Like, she has no one to leave it to. Mm-hmm. And so she has to leave it to somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of it as well. Yeah, we're going to get into that later. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was really bizarre, the opening scene. It was just such a weird dy- dynamic with, like, pseudo young Murtaugh coming to talk to Jamie after his mother died mm-hmm. and just like pledging his devotion as a I don't know 40 year old man to like a six year old boy <laughs> yes. just like this is this is a weird dynamic in order to express honor <laughs> no well it is but I I feel like in the book like in the first book or whatever when we first meet Murtaugh mm-hmm I think that's fleshed out. And I don't think they ever actually showed that, talked about that really in the show. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's, like, from the first book is, like, when, when Jamie's explaining to Claire, like, who Marta is and why he's so important yeah. to him. I think that he basically says that, like, he promised my mother he wouldn't let anything happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, except that we get that now, five years after we started watching this show. Well, exactly, right? And it's like... <laughs> The only reason that this is important is because you decided wholeheartedly to change the books, but... Yes, exactly. Whatever. Um, so I think the implication is is that a lot of what happens this season mm-hmm. is going to run up against that promise that Murtaugh made to Jamie's mother. I think that's sort yeah. of the... Right? Like, because why else would you put it there in that point in the episode? My prediction is Murtaugh's going to sacrifice himself for Jamie. Oh, absolutely. Now, whether that happens in episode 10 (laughs) or 2 remains to be seen. Yes, I I agree, though. I think that that's what's going to happen. Okay. My second big set of notes here is about Jamie Fraser's wedding plan and sedition services. Okay. I would love that to be a spin-off series <laughs> of him just being this like father of the bride to every unwed orphaned girl in the Carolinas. He had everything picked out and designed and organized. And he put his little spectacles on. And uh-huh. he was shaving Roger while being mean to Roger. Oh, that was an amazing scene. And I'm just like, God, I want more of this Jamie. I know everybody's so horny for, like, battle Jamie. Mm-hmm. But I love soft, sensitive interior designer Jamie Fraser. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I like him too. And like, I feel like that's one of the things that I like the best about the books is her characterization of him. Because mm-hmm. yes, he's like this, this big striking warrior. And I like at the end of the episode, when he's like, ready to go and, you know, call all of his men um, to battle or whatever. Um, I, and he's like dressed in his like, you know, his, his full like, Battle Scottish ultimately. regalia, yeah. Made me think of that scene in the first one, or like in the first book, where she mentions, where Claire mentions about like how how remarkable it is to see a Scotsman in full battle regalia, and that was the mm-hmm. I was like I, that was the thing we we didn't get in the first season in the same way. It was like very much that like same reveal, um, but. <laughs> 
it was I, I like that image of him but I also really like in the books especially when she shows him in these like very tender moments mm-hmm. because he's really just like a soft boy like he really really is he's a very soft boy with extremely old-fashioned ideals Yes. Well, he's an 18th century soft boy. So, uh-huh. like, yeah. You know, but, but there's only he, so much credit we can give him. <laughs> yes, no, it's true. But, like, there, he is, he really is, like, the softest that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. In so many ways. And so, like, him, yeah, him with his, like, little tiny spectacles and, and, and being the interior designer and being whatever is very... Very on point for what we know about Jamie Fraser. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I love it. I really like to see, and I hope we do see, more of Brie and Jamie's relationship. Because I think that was something that was kind of mm-hmm. put aside in the last season. Because Jamie was just, like, so hell-bent on revenge. Yes. Rather than, like, knowing and understanding his long-lost daughter. So I was, I really liked all that stuff. Um, my second big point, um, relates to this and I will, I'll just read in succession kind of my notes about this. Okay. Okay. I hate Roger with long hair. Seriously, Roger, can you be fucking chill for one goddamn second? (laughs) Brie, you look amazing. Seriously, defend Roger to me. Roger, what the fuck? Um, yes, I think, I think Roger What the Fuck is, it would be a good alternate episode title for what we watched yesterday. Yeah. Um, cause he has, uh, absolutely no chill whatsoever. None. And he's doing all the wrong moves. Like, it's so, like, obviously, he's been there how long? Like, a freaking six months or something like that? Mm-hmm. And he hasn't figured out Jocasta's whole vibe yet. That obviously she's trying to provoke him into doing the right thing. And hasn't figured out that uh, that's kind of the Fraser style because Jamie's doing it too. Mm-hmm. And doesn't understand Brie at all and what she wants and doesn't ask her what she wants. Like... I got it got to the point where even when Roger at the end like claims Jemmy as his own, I was just like, I still don't like you. No, he the problem with Roger, I think. Um I mean The problem I'm, with Roger <laughs> There's an episode title done. Mm-hmm. No, well we gotta wait till we get through the rest of what we're gonna talk about the I'm writing it down time. just in okay. case. Okay. Because I'll forget between now and when we finish. Um the the issue with him, and I think part of it we have to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt is that, like, he wasn't brought up in that, he wasn't brought up in that society, right? And he wasn't, so he's much but more But he's used a historian! To, no, no, and I understand that, but I, but I, but I think that, like, he's a lot more used to, you know, the time that he's from, and I think he's much less... Um, I think the, the upbringing that he did have, and what I think is was much more sort of rigid and inflexible Mm -hmm. and so he's having a really difficult time adapting even though like obviously he's gonna have to adapt if he wants his family to stay together whereas like you know Brie goes back um to see her mother right Mm -hmm. and so she travels and so she has this connection Roger has nobody left behind in like the future and that's fine but there's still part of him that like 
feels like he doesn't fit in that and he can't just like he can't just like outsmart people and get his way like he I think he was probably able to and he's only been there a relatively short time right and so I think that that's part of his issue is he's like hasn't quite yet figured out sort of how to navigate all of this that's true but it's just like at the end of last season he chose to stay and he chose to come back to Bree. Yeah. So it's like, why are you just shooting yourself in the fucking foot? Um, yeah, because well, I also I also think too that like regardless of that whether he claims you know, Jemmy is his own, I think that there's still that like little bit of doubt. Mm-hmm. that exists and I think that I, I mean I don't know because I've never been in a situation where that's ever mattered but I feel like I would assume for him that there's probably something very emasculating about that mm-hmm. and also you know when he has that conversation with Jamie and whatever and he basically says like he doesn't have anything to offer Brie <laughs> ultimately yeah, like, except fucking for love duh. Like, he doesn't have anything, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, all of these things have sort of compounded in a pretty short span of time, and he ends up in this, like, you know, this, like, spiral of self-doubt where he doesn't doesn't know, you know, if he's really good enough. Because mm-hmm. he's certainly not the kind of man that, um, you know, uh, someone like Jamie would choose for... <laughs> no, choose for their daughter or approve of for their daughter, like off the hop, right? So absolutely and he kn- not. And I think he probably knows his inadequacies in that department, right? So, mm-hmm. if anything, like friggin' Jamie would rewrite history and have Fergus and Bree end up together for oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and 100- just be like. <laughs> weirdo sibling husband wives 100 percent 100 percent that is what he would do that's what he would prefer um oh i missed my one other note about roger unpopular opinion roger sucks <laughs> oh no he definitely sucks <laughs> he definitely absolutely sucks uh i thought that brie looked amazing especially like post coital no makeup even though she's crying and like PTSD she looked yeah. fucking amazing in this she episode really did. She really did. but I did not appreciate the rape scene flashback thank you very much no and I no I no unnecessary I don't think it, was necess- it wasn't necessary and if you're gonna show like if you were gonna have the flashback I feel like it would have been a lot more effective to have um the flashback from her perspective instead of from the audience perspective. Agreed. Agreed. Right? Because because then it, it puts into... Because for us, like, I didn't need to see that again. But, like, I think if you put it into her perspective, then it's, like, then you can kind of get that, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah, fear really, that she's feeling, yeah. I didn't really necessarily need that either. But also, like, I get it. Like, but why couldn't you just, I mean they've rewritten so much else in this fucking series couldn't they have just like rewritten so that on her wedding night she doesn't find out that Stephen Bonnet's still fucking alive but this is like, what I mean about like all the fucking conflicts in yeah. this story already in episode one it's just like can Brie not get a day can the family not get a single day without nope. the fucking governor demanding that you kill one of your countrymen and finding out that your rapist is close by 
Yeah, like just one of those things. Just just, just, just have one of them. Come on. Or like maybe if like just if only Jamie had found out that uh, Bonnet was still alive. You know, yeah. maybe Brie didn't need to find out on her wedding day or at all. Exactly, and that's a nice that's a nice conflict, not a nice yeah. conflict, but a conflict, an internal conflict with Jamie about if to yes. tell her or not. Yes, or to I mean, hold that burden so that she doesn't have to. Not for her to now hold the secret of knowing. And not telling Jamie that she knows. Well, and I mean, I guess like the fact that she knows is fine because then if she does see him, spoiler alert, I guess, then she knows that the possibility exists Mm -hmm. and it's not maybe quite so, you know. But now she's always going to be on guard. Of course. But I guess this would be motivation for her to leave. Yeah. And if Roger knows that, he'll use that, I think. Yeah, because he's kind of a little bit manipulative. Yeah, it's not like rapists don't exist in the modern age. True story. Um, loved just everyone fucking. Oh, that scene was phenomenal. <laughs> just I all really... the Frasers and the Mackenzies just getting <laughs> down. But I really enjoyed, I really liked how they had the dance or whatever, like, you know, the, the dancing at the wedding and, like, the the music and stuff. But then I really enjoyed that there was, like... Music that Brie and Roger would have known. Mm-hmm. In that, just that little bit. I thought that was just lovely. Like, it was just, like, a nice, lovely little touch. And then, yeah, like, just everybody fucking... What was it, like, four? Four couples? Three couples? Yeah. Four couples? Yeah. Well, Fergus and What's-Her-Nuts are expecting. Right. So they didn't... Well, they weren't technically fucking in the present of the story. There was no, previous we, fucking. We know it's happened. <laughs> but Jamie and Claire having yeah. to be quiet to not wake the baby was so yeah. hysterical because they are not quiet. <laughs> no, no, they are not. <laughs> oh. Okay, last three notes. Everything about Jacosta's outfits and umbrellas absolutely rules. She's a queen. Um, Jamie always having the people he cares about be forced to leave him is horrific. Mm-hmm. And Man, his little breakdown there when Martel walked away. I know. Whew, so hard. That was, that was a lot. And so rare for that from Jamie. Mm-hmm. Well, and this one ends in four exclamation points, but it probably should be an intero bag. Why does he have to be such a good soldier boy? <laughs> Why can't he just be an interior des- designer? James Fraser's for... wedding planning and sedition services. Well, then he has to drop off the sedition services. James Fraser's wedding planning. Um, so first of all, I appreciate the fuck out of the fact that you used an intero bang. <laughs> um, that's incredible. Um, and he has, well, because the reason he has to be a good soldier boy is very simple. If he's not, he's going to get sent back to Scotland and then he's going to be executed. See, this is That's, what I don't understand. Why Why is he going to be executed? Because he escaped from prison and, like, and no, he was wanted... No, he was granted clemency. Yeah, and then he was wanted for whatever the fuck his rum-running treason Oh, bullshit. shit. Right, 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 right. I That's forgot why. That. Okay. Yeah. So, so he, yeah, he, yeah, so, but, I mean, sure, he was granted clemency, but he escaped from prison. And then he became a rum-runner. But it's and, like... like pfft, I did a bunch of other shit. (laughs) No, but but that's the whole problem is that if he goes back, Mm -hmm. he's gonna get end up getting executed. So like he has to toe the line, and they know that. But because of his abilities 
as a soldier and as a commander, he's very useful to the colonial or to the British um, army. Yeah. Because they also know that people will listen to him. Uh, And it sucks that he's so close with Lord John Gray because Lord John Gray is not going to defend him at all because he's a friggin' wet noodle. Can we talk about how good Lord John Gray looked at the wedding, though? Oh, my God. As good as the bride. He wishes he was the bride. <laughs> he really No, just to, just to walk down the aisle arm in arm with Jamie. That's all he wished. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to marry Roger. No one wants to marry Roger. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if Brie really wanted to marry Roger. But anyway. Um, uh, no, I just, yeah, every time I see him, I'm always just like, man, you are too pretty to be in this in this role. I know. And it's it's even worse when he has short hair in real life. It's just like, fuck, who made you? <laughs> I know. It's it's kind of rude, actually, is what it is. That's it. That's all I got about Outlander. Uh, I really liked it. I was, I was pretty stoked. Because, yeah, I didn't love the fifth book either. Um, and so... I'm... I like how they opened up all of these avenues of conflict mm-hmm. for this upcoming season. That's what I liked. I do. It's going to be a whole bunch. Yes, and I do appreciate that because previous seasons I think have had the detriment of being aimless. Yes. And so, and the books can be that way too. You're like, it's been 500 pages and everyone's still talking about the uprising. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) So I do appreciate that, but it's just like, again, can they have one day? No, um, because what happens in the later books, too, I didn't love the fifth one, but then I kind of, the sixth, I think, was really good, if I remember six or seven, it doesn't matter, anyway. Um, but what I appreciate about the later books, as they get closer to the revolution, um, and closer to that, like, there's more stuff happening, just sort mm-hmm. of in in the mi- in the midst of... Um, of their lives, and so it's a lot easier. I think there's just more to work with in terms of the storytelling capability, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think this episode, to me, like, felt... I know, like, it was longer than an hour as it aired, right? Because it was, like, an hour, almost an hour and 20 minutes. 24, yeah. Um, and it didn't feel like it was that long, because it just, it just went. Like, it moved really quick, and there's all this stuff that opened up, and I was like, okay, there's going to be lots of good things going on this season. Yeah, we will wait and see. Whereas, like, I, Sorry. I found, like, in other seasons, in, like, the early parts of other seasons, I found that it was a little bit slower moving. Yeah. So. For sure, for sure. Also, Amurta's whole silver fox look is a good look. It's a great look. He's really crushing it. He really is. He's As is very... Jamie's little... Mm-hmm. Little, I love age Jamie and Claire. They look so great. So they really do. But I, I love. I really like um, aged Claire. Like oh, I thought you were just... gonna say Jamie's little glasses. No, I, I like his <laughs> he's on the tiny glasses twenty twenty trend. <laughs> They're adorable. Um, no, I just really like. I really like aged Claire. Like how they've aged her, mm-hmm. and they've just like defined her like her laugh lines a little bit more, and given her like streaks of gray. Mm-hmm. And her and her wardrobe has changed. Yeah, it's a little bit more I, conservative and a little bit more utilitarian. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the thing that I like the most 
about the wardrobe in this like time period or whatever for the women is they're like weird sweater cowl things that they wear mm-hmm. i love those mm-hmm. um they look so warm they're like between a cape and a house coat <laughs> yeah kind of but like but i just i love them i think they're amazing and i think everyone should have them all the time well shit yeah you're gonna start a new business on etsy um <laughs> james fisher's wedding planning and seditions and capes <laughs> <laughs> and capes <laughs> and now capes <laughs> maybe that's what we'll call it there we go and now capes. solved and now dot capes. dot dot and now dot 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 capes in tarot bank <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, yeah, it was good. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. It'll be it'll be exciting. Okay. Peter Kavinsky too, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into it. I titled um, it PK two in my notes. <laughs> just in case we were confused. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked it. I liked it. It was good. I wish I had I no wish spoiled. you would have taken notes. <laughs> Why? Because my notes are so good. <laughs> Um, I never take notes when I watch these things. I always do, because I forget everything immediately. What the fuck? I know. See, I don't forget everything immediately. It's only been, like, four days since I've watched it. I've watched it twice already. It's fine. Um, so you wish that, you hadn't spoiled it by reading the I, book? No, I wish I hadn't spoiled it for you that John Ambrose was in Hamilton. I, I just assumed that you would know. Seriously. Okay, now I'm freaking out. Did I see him in Hamilton? It was in, he was immediately after um, Anthony Ramos, and he finished in, like, sometime in 2017. Oh. Oh, my God. That was so long ago already. Yeah. What's this dude's name? Uh, that's a great question. I'm just going to Google John's, John Ambrose. I want to say Jordan Fisher, I feel like is what I read. You're absolutely correct, and I'm worried about you. Well, because I just read it. He's so freaking cute, though. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he was Evan after... Yeah, so he's like... uh, He's got some chops. He does have chops. Shit, dude's done a lot. Yeah, and he's only like 25 or 26 or something like that. Yeah, dude. Crushing it. Oh, yeah. Final performance, March 5th, 2017. Damn, son. Yeah, so he's got, he's got, I know I saw that he was in it too, and I was like, oh, did I see him? But no, that was, that was like a year before we went, so. Man, Hamilton's been going for a long time. Okay, this is not the Hamilton episode. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay, major thoughts hit me with one. Um, I... Really? Okay, so the thing from the trailer that I was wanting to know the most about was that, like, that, like, very wistful, pained look on Peter Kaminsky's face as he was, like, backing up. I wanted to know, like, what was the context for that? And yeah. it turns out it was, like, the scene in the aquarium. Yeah. Um, which broke my fucking heart. Yeah, that was rough. It was that super, was... super rough. Because I, this is my, the, here's what I think. And as much as Lara Jean was reasonably open with her like at the end of the last one with her like inexperience with relationships and why she gets Mm -hmm. all in her head about things i think that the majority of what she knows about relationships is like from tv and movies oh yeah she has no clue And, and so she's she really doesn't know like how to be 
mm-hmm. in one. Mm-hmm. Except I like her like self awareness that she knows she's a bit of a crazy person as well. But she says to him, I'm really nervous about being a girlfriend. I've never been one before. Like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to dress up like the other girls do before lacrosse? Like, and I thought Peter was actually pretty mature in this one because he was like, I didn't do those things because I didn't think you would like them or they weren't your vibe. And she's like, they weren't. And he's like, okay, well. (laughs) So why are you upset? why, Why is this happening? I was like, okay, this is like more mature but then that makes her even angrier because she's like well he's better at this than me and it's just like oh fuck Laura Jean you're gonna wreck it her insecurity was so frustrating understanding but very frustrating yes and the thing so here's what I what I liked about how this was set up is that I liked that Lara Jean was sort of given an identity of her own without just being, like, mm-hmm. you know, Peter's fake girlfriend. Like, I liked that. And so we got to see a little bit more of her and her personality and, like, her relationship with with um, with um Kitty was good because, like, she's the, she's the best character. Um, Absolutely. And also Stormy. Stormy was fucking phenomenal, too. Okay, Let's we'll not... get to Stormy. We'll, there's a lot to say about Stormy. <laughs> so, I, but I really liked it that they gave Largine, like, that opportunity to sort of, like, be herself. And that, like, you know, even though she's now Peter's girlfriend, like, for real or whatever, mm-hmm. she hasn't changed her, she hasn't changed her style. She hasn't changed, like, any of those things about herself, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. Me too. I also appreciated how, like, when they were talking about... She just assumed they would volunteer together. And I was like, no, you don't have to. You don't have to do every single thing together. And she comes to that conclusion. She's like, no, you go with your friends. It's fine. Like, this is something that I want to do for me, but I'm still going to do it. It's like, that's great. That's mature for a 16-year-old. It is. And and I think that, like, um, I think that they they did with her and sort of, like, I also think the milestones that were picked out as, like, the different periods of time I think mm-hmm. were really interesting too um because like that like the Valentine's Day obviously is is like a big deal oh my god and it was just like kind of a heartbreaking like, big deal I know um, it's just like ugh, I hate Valentine's Day so much well especially at high school it's the absolute worst mm-hmm. um why and like so watching her watch Peter like open his locker and all those things falling out and then she's like you know gets all so gross, so inappropriate. It is, it's, it is, it's, and, and I mean, and it's not Peter's fault. No, like, but just, also, it is like, what it is. guys, let's have a modicum of respect for each other here. Yeah, and then, and then for her to, so for her to see that, but then for him to, like, take her out to the track. Mm-hmm. What, which I was like, oh, man, that's so sweet. See, that's what made me so angry, because it was like, I thought Peter was going out of his way to show her what she means to him and she's so caught up in this love of in not love of insecurity but love of drama she loves fairy tale romance because it's always full of drama and yeah you know big gestures but she's blind to the big gestures in front of her yeah just like ah, he's standing yeah. here with you god in this spot where it started yes um yeah, and, like, her reaction to that was, like, very much what I expected it would be. Mm-hmm. Because, I, like, you could tell she was disappointed. 
I thought so too. Yeah, because it wasn't big. Yeah, it was. And he's like, big. "Well, you don't like big," and she's like, "I don't." <laughs> she's like, "Okay." <laughs> I know. I know. I know, and and I think that that's part of the issue, right? Um, and I I know in the book, and I don't know, have you read the books? No, I'm not going to do that to myself. <laughs> um, so in the second book, Margot's around. Oh, see, that and was it, a major thing. I wrote in all caps. Why aren't you calling Margot immediately? Yes. Um. Yeah, and so I think. I think in the in the in the second book because Margot's around, I think it makes it a little bit easier for Lara Jean to like, because she has that person to bounce things off of, mm-hmm. who is not Kitty, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, or her Go father. Um, and so I just, but I just think that, that makes it a lot easier, right? Like I just I mm-hmm. felt like that made it um, more authentic maybe for her to have this and so i think that in the movie but i think i feel like for the movie purposes it makes sense to have Margot not there because then you have all this conflict um that's basically created because Lara Jean doesn't have anyone to talk to because chris is kind of useless other um, than masturbation advice my well, second yes. <laughs> huge laugh of the movie <laughs> so funny so funny um but like chris is kind of useless mm-hmm. um at, in that advice thing she doesn't have a mom to talk to Mm-hmm. Her, she can't even talk to her dad right now because her dad's like sort of embroiled in his own like <laughs> beginning of romance, yeah. which is amazing. Um, you know, and so I think in the book having having um, Margot there helps that story arc work a little bit better. Yeah, that's really fair. I thought <sighs> I had a lot of comments about the first date, but we'll just skip those. Um, no, I want to hear your comments about the first date. Oh, um, wow, boobs in that red dress. <laughs> the dad rules as always. On second thought, I hate the dress. A two fork restaurant. What a fucking dork. <laughs> God, I hope these two bang in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this lantern thing seems like a huge fire hazard. And I loved Peter's little celebratory dance at the end of a date done well. I'm a fairly certain they did bang in this movie. We just didn't see it. No way. No way. At the very end, yes. No. Because when he shows up at Bellevue to pick her up because she doesn't like driving in the snow, it's nighttime. And then the next scene cuts and they're at the fucking treehouse and it's daytime. I don't think so. And she's still wearing the dress. Oh, wait. Was she? She sure was, because I went back and watched it again. <gasps> oh, my. <laughs> this changes everything. Uh-huh. Speaking of that, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Peter, like, was extremely mature in their, like, conversations about sex that they were having. I thought he was, too. Like, he was just, like, it's a super big deal. And, like, she she was just, like, so defensive. Because, obviously, she had feelings for John Ambrose, who we're going to get into. Who is a big, like, <laughs> elephant in the room right now. But, yeah. And he's just, like, no, it's a big deal. Like, it's, <laughs> she's, like, don't you miss it? He's, like, I'm cool. Like, everything's well, in, fine. In last, you need to movie. calm down. In the last movie, she made some comment about how maybe the physical stuff isn't a big deal to him. And he's like, who says it's not a big deal? And they yeah. never really addressed it again, so I'm glad they went back to it. Yes, and he's like, of course it's a big deal, and, like, I'll wait as long as you need. Like, just, 
Laura Jean. I know. And I mean, again, she's also, but for her, like, don't forget that there's this expectation, right? Because that's what all of the kids are doing. Yeah. That's what everyone else is doing, right? And so, Mm -hmm. like, there's this, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I liked is I liked how when she's with Peter, she acts so much more her age, like a teen, and, like, he lets her enjoy being a teen. Mm-hmm. And around everyone else, she's always being way too maternal or way too grown up or just, like, not living. Yes. So I really appreciate about what Peter brings to that. Well, like, when they went to that carnival? Yeah. That was amazing. It was. And she looked happy. In the rest of the movie, she didn't look happy. No, she didn't. God. She sure did not. Okay, let's cut to the letter. All right. Let's talk about the letter. Let's do it. <sighs> He's really cute, first of all. John Ambrose, yes. Fucking adorable. He really the, is. He and Peter Kavinsky are a part of the Big Smiles Club <laughs> of America. Really and... Yeah. <laughs> Also, that's absolutely Laura Jean's vibe. <laughs> like, just yes, big old but they're also, But they're also <laughs> part of the Laura Jean fan club. Like, let's be honest here. Exactly. Okay, so the letter arrives. I'm shocked that Kitty didn't open it. I'm really surprised, too, actually. Um, and then she gets it, and she reads it. Yeah. And what I actually wish she would have done more of this movie, or the filmmakers would have done more of this movie is have her have those conversations with herself and when, like, she's picturing the fake Peter and the fake John beside her and, like, trying Mm -hmm. to work through and process, like, what the right thing is to do. I really liked to see that in the continual rewrites of her reply letter to him. Mm -hmm. First of all, of course, it's a thank you card. Do not reply. (laughs) (laughs) does not need a reply uh-huh and second of all it made me laugh so hard when she began like i think it was like the last one with hi john ambrose have you continued your interest in politics and diplomacy <laughs> it's like what is wrong with you why are you struggling so much to be a human and like of course you need to tell peter about this <laughs> like how do you yeah. not? Yeah. Yeah, well, here's the thing. So she doesn't tell him about the letter. And she doesn't tell him about volunteering with John Ambrose and all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. And I think she doesn't do it because I don't think... I still think she was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop somehow. Like she wanted to break up with Peter? Well, no. Because I wrote that I, down. I think she I wants to break up. I don't think she does, but I don't think, I think she was sort of, like, waiting for him to realize that it wasn't going to work. Uh-huh. Like, not that she necessarily wanted it to end and she wouldn't be the one to do it, but, you know? Yeah, I guess so. But still, I'm like, not saying it makes it okay. No, but she just... still shot herself in the foot and created so much more shit than was necessary oh of course of course because she's a crazy person 
oh man, it was so uncomfortable when they all met up. I was like, in the treehouse. Also, middle school was two years ago. Why are you pulling up a fucking time capsule from two years ago? Oh, because movie time means nothing. I know. Also, Chris is home from the gym, so the dogs are going to go nuts here for the next minute or so. Okay. Do you want to pause? That's fine. Okay. Um, did you notice that she dresses more dowdy around John Ambrose? Yes. What was that about? I don't know, but it was bizarre. I noticed it kind of right off the hop. Yeah, because when she... <laughs> their meetup scene was fucking great. When she fell on the candy. It was pretty good. Well, and it was nice, it was a good parallel to like the Peter scene from the first one, right? When she like, exactly. Yeah, it was so good. But in that, she's wearing like a tight fitting tee, like short skirt, shorts, and tights and heels. And then the yeah. next time you see them, she's in these like super dowdy overalls. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on here? That's so bizarre of her to not just look on point all the time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the meeting at the... It's so funny. The dogs are just, like, prepped for... <gasps> Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Molly just farted into the hard <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh my god, but I also thought it got <laughs> John Ambrose was way too sensual for a teen. Well, yes, I would agree. I think so too. Which is really funny to say that because you have like Noah Centineo playing Peter Kaminsky mm-hmm. and he's like extremely hot. Like <laughs> very attractive. <laughs> it was funny. I was telling one of the girls at work about this movie, and uh, she's and so she watched the first one, and then I think she's in part with you the second one. She can't watch like a whole movie all at once, mm. so she'll get to it eventually. But she she texted me part way through the first one. She's like, "How old is this guy?" And I was like, "You mean like the actor?" I was like, "It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's all good." <laughs> we all like, need to okay, have good. those conversations <laughs> with ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It's rude. Really, is what it is. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. No, and it's just... I, I, and What I also really liked about this movie, for a whole bunch of reasons, like, I thought it was filmed really, really, really well. I thought it was gorgeous. Like, it was really, really beautifully filmed. Yeah. Um, but no, I just... There was things about... There's just things about it. There's lots of symmetry in, in lots mm-hmm. of the shots, which I really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, even when they were... with The, the thing with John Ambrose, like, I, I felt with him... Like, I wasn't a huge fan of him. Because I felt like he was just trying too hard. Like, he was just so earnest. Like, he reminded me of, like, the fucking Microsoft Office Assistant. Just being like, Clippy? how can I help you now? Yeah, kind of. Oh, and my that God. Sort of, like, like, there was just something about him that, that was just so much, like, well, how can I help you now? Mm. What about, you know what I mean? Like, there's always this, like... Like, he was yeah, a bit too pushy? A little bit. Not in a bad way, but it just felt, it was just too but, much. But, to his credit, and in his defense... A, he doesn't know that she's dating Peter, and B, he just received a love letter from her. <laughs> True, but the love letter was from, like, five years ago, so, like, I don't know. I don't think he knows that. Well, maybe not, but... I don't know if they're dated. The thing about, and, I, like, I, so I really liked, like, I, I really liked that that conflict was sort of there, but also, it just felt weird to me that, like, 
all of a sudden John Ambrose is like someone that everybody knew, but then now yeah. he's just like back. Like mm-hmm. that was it felt weird to me. Well, I think it's one of those things when like you live in the burbs and you know you you live in Sherwood Park and your dad got a job on the north side, so you're moving to Spruce, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're in elementary school, right? So it's like, what are you going to do? But now you're a teen and you can go wherever you want. Yeah. I think it's one of those dynamics. But um, <sighs> And I guess because, because everybody knew John Ambrose, I feel like that's probably, I would assume that's one of the reasons why she kept it such a secret. Yeah. That she was like back in touch with him. Mm-hmm. But also, like, obviously that's going to cause problems. Like, <laughs> fuck. I know, but but don't forget, like, she's brand uh, and I'm, I'm, like, I know, I, she's I know. brand new at it, she's yeah. She's brand new at this, right? Mm-hmm. And she's dating Peter Kavinsky, who's, like, you know, for all intents and purposes, like, the A big God. man on campus, right? Yes. Can you imagine just, like, the insecurity of dating that guy? But that's the thing, because John Ambrose shares all of that. He's like, I can't believe you liked me because anyone that I liked always, like, scanned over me and went to Peter. And Peter always did this and Peter always did this. And, like, he always felt, like, friggin' second place to Peter. And it's like, well, this is why I was like, wow, she actually might end up with John Ambrose because that's exactly how she feels. That she's never going to be unequal with him. Yeah. Or with Jen. With Jen, that can we talk about that for a minute? Yes, please. Okay, so that whole the, when the, all six of them get into the treehouse and they like talk about the thing, which also like the dude that Chris is into, like where is he? Trevor, <laughs> he would have been fun. <laughs> like I don't know. Well, I just I, every time he was on screen, I was like, which wasn't very much, but I was like, oh man, this guy's awesome. Well, he gets Backstreet Boys sung to him and then shouts, "I'm fired up!" And I was like, "Me too, <laughs> <laughs> me too." <laughs> Felt the same way after I saw them in concert in July. <laughs> um, but, like, so the thing, so they all meet up in the treehouse or whatever, and then, like, the there was a weird argument about the pizza. Yes. But, like, I, and it was interesting, I think, to see, you know, Peter Kavinsky be insecure as well. Yeah, because, like, but he's also jo- just, like, confused more than insecure. He's like, no, I got it. I got yeah. it. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's what I do. I got it. But then when when Jen and Laura Jean are in the treehouse later, just the two of them. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really nice scene. It was. I wish the, they would have resolved it a little bit cleaner, though. But I like that Laura Jean finally admitted that the problem mm-hmm. with Jen in her relationship with Peter was her and not Peter. Not, yeah, exactly. Because, like, what's Peter going to do? Yeah. Like, what she's asking him to do just to erase someone from his life is absurd. Yeah. But also, he could be a tidbit more respectful when it came to boundaries. He could be, and maybe a little bit more forthcoming. Yes. With, like, this is what we've been talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, this is why we're... Yeah, like, I'm late this time because of practice, but I'm late for the game this time because I was consoling Jen because her parents are getting divorced. Yeah. Like, maybe that's something that 
Laura Jean should have known so that she won't just be, like, blindsided by it. Right. But also, did you notice how drastically different Jen looked in this movie? Barely a stitch of makeup. Uh-huh. Hair, like, never done. Uh-huh. Dressing in jeans and sweatpants. I didn't recognize her the first time we saw her. I was like, did they recast Jen? Is this supposed to be Jen? Yeah, well, I think... so different. Well, and I think it's because her parents are going through whatever, and she's also, you know, Mm -hmm. she's not part of, like, the school power couple anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that that was just, like, a subtle nod to, like, that shift in her... Priorities, maybe? Circumstance, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, like, I was impressed that Laura Jean realized that, and that Mm -hmm. Jen agreed to go... I'm glad that scene happened. Mm-hmm. But I also wish at the end of it, even Jen would have been like, you're right, I've been leaning on Peter too hard, and that's unfair to you, blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. it was more just Laura Jean apologizing to her. But I was like, but still, ah, uh, there's more that can be said here. Mm-hmm. But, oh, well. Well, and I, I think, I also think, too, and this is just... We obviously didn't get to see much of, like, Peter and Jen's mm-hmm. relationship as it was before the beginning of the last movie, right? So we yeah. don't know what that looks like. But I would venture that this relationship that he's in with her, with Lara Jean, is much different than oh, for the sure. relationship that, she had, that he had with Jen. Yeah. And it feels to me like, just from what, just from what he says and how he... Um, how he acts I feel like he's taking more care with this one because I think it it's more important to him absolutely I would 100% agree with that which I and, find so interesting because it feels like their roles are reversed from the first movie because in the first movie Laura Jean it seemed like when she was fake dating Peter it was like effortless yes and now all of a sudden it's real and she's like Error 404 cannot function. Well, because she says in the in the first one that, like, it doesn't mean anything in the end, and so it's okay. Because he when they go to the diner that one time, right, she says something about... Mm-hmm. Well, it's not real. It's Yeah, yeah, he says something about, like, you know, she's so, like, mm-hmm. this way, all these other... But she's, like, just so cool, and she's with him, and she's like, yeah, well, because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Right? And and that's when, that's when you Fucking first figure out that he... dagger has, like, through the things. heart. <laughs> For her, because you could see it on his face, and and he gets all like very uncomfortable with it, and and whatever. And but now I think now now she knows what the stakes are, mm-hmm. right? And then the Valentine's Day thing happens, and like she sees all these other girls who were like into her boyfriend, and you know, whereas before she wasn't really her boyfriend, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, they, it wasn't like actual competition. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's the opposite or whatever. Um, speaking of seeing heartbreak on Peter Kavinsky's face, you yeah. want to talk about the aquarium scene? I would love to talk about the aquarium scene. It broke my little heart and I cried a little bit. Um, I was also like super hopped up on drugs, so who knows? But anyway. Sure, Megan. <laughs> I was too. Sure. <laughs> okay, well. Everyone was right. on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was really sad. It 
that made me really sad because I think what happened there, like she gives her this locket, which I thought was interesting that we never actually saw what was inside it. But anyway, whatever. I was um, hoping it was pictures of Kitty and Marco. But regardless, yeah. whatever, whatever it was. Or her um, mom. Anyway, whatever, whatever. When she asks him, like he wasn't, he was clearly not going to ask for it back. No. Like, not at all. He nope. picked it out for her. She was important to him. Mm-hmm. He wanted her to have it. I think he wanted her to keep it. He also doesn't want to take it as a reminder. Yes, a whole bunch of things. Yeah. So when she says to him, like, oh, do you want this back? Um, it, oh, man. He, God. I, th- I, feel, I feel like she asked the question because she expected that he was going to ask for it back because that's what you see, you know, mm-hmm. In TV and movies and that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's not an engagement ring. <laughs> no, it's not. But but still, I think that I I really feel like that's what that's what that was all about. It's like she had this expectation that he was going to ask for it back, and so I think she also had an expectation that this would be the time that he would do something grand. Yes. And it's just like how can you expect that of him when he's been doing that the whole movie and you've ignored him and well not ignored him during them but you're ignoring them in your mind because you can't understand yeah like she's ignoring the gestures yes for what they are because they aren't what she wants them to be yeah and i think she expected him to make some big speech like no i don't want it back i want you to keep it because Blah 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 blah. Whatever that was, and he yeah. he says nothing and walks away. I was just like, "Holy shit, Peter!" She wanted you to fight for her there, and you were just like crushed. Yeah, well, she wanted him to fight for her, but he also wanted her to ask him to. Well, she wanted he wanted her right. to fight for him. Truly. Right, and and she didn't do that, and so he's he's not. I don't like he's he's a lot more like emotionally intelligent, I think, than like yeah most people you would mm-hmm. encounter. Absolutely, and he looked like absolute shit <laughs> after oh, the breakup. Yeah. Oh, he really did. <laughs> he looked like he hadn't slept in thirty days. Yeah, like ru- like as bad as Jen looked, <laughs> Peter looked. Yeah, that was really heartbreaking. It was, and and that was that little bit from the trailer where, like, mm-hmm. I wanted to know what caused that look on his face. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that's what caused that look on his face. I really appreciated how hard Peter tries with her family. Mm-hmm. And all this, like, the sides, st- there's a few side stories in this, but all the side stories with like the struggle that her dad's going through with like obviously being so in love and still so grieving their mother mm-hmm. and trying so hard to keep their Korean history alive even though their mother's not around is so beautiful and then both of them are like Kitty and Laura Jean are also extremely on board with him dating someone very much so. Which I thought was really interesting because it's like, it's not like he's the only one trying to keep their mom's memory alive. She's fucking gorgeous, by the way. Mm-hmm. Holy balls, those photos. I was like, God damn, who's this actress in these photos with these kids? Um, 
But I was surprised how eager everyone was. Maybe they just see him as kind of suffering needlessly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I love that his crush is another woman of color. I know, it's good. It's really, really good. Diversity in this movie represent. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, like, there's, there are these, like, good little side plots and whatnot. And even, like, at the beginning, like, you say, like, how she's, he is with her family. Like, when they go on their first date and he brings her the flowers and he, like, pulls one out of the bouquet to give to Kitty. For Kitty. Which is just really sweet. So sweet. And, like, (laughs) Dr. Covey makes him repeat, what time? 11.30. Say it out loud. (laughs) 11.30. I was just, like... Fucking dad rules as always. But his like he's the best dad, right? Like he's he is the best dad. Also, remember how in Outlander I want um, a side TV series, Jamie's wedding services, and now capes. Yeah. In this one, I want a matchmaking show a la Emily, but called Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> just how she makes the neighborhood fall in love. That'd be pretty good. It would would be be amazing. We haven't even talked about Stormy. Let's talk about Stormy. She's phenomenal. Seriously, amazing casting. Holland Taylor. Oh my god. I saw her and I gasped. I was like, yes! Yes, this is gonna be good. She's amazing. I loved how... She was a great substitute voice for Margot and Laura Jean's mother. But also, I think, treated Laura Jean as if she was a little bit more mature than she actually was. Yes. Like, gave bold statements to, like, sometimes you have to kiss the wrong man to find out who's the right man. It's like, well, I don't know if that's a good tactic for Laura Jean she doesn't want that. That's why she's so confused. Mm-hmm. Like, she mm-hmm. wants to just know rather than have to hurt people. Well, and I think, I think, Stor- like, and I honestly think that Stormy knew how that was going to end up at the, in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Just, I think. Oh, she for, sure. She, for sure. For and, sure. And I, and, and so it gave, but, but I think in that way, that relationship and, and sort of the fact that most of her interactions with um, John Ambrose took place at Bellevue. Mm-hmm. And were separate from everything else in her life. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he never showed up. Like, you know, he wasn't at dinner at their house or anything like that, right? It was just, it was all very separate from all of that. And I think that, like, that relationship that she had with Stormy as that, like, surrogate, you know, parental mm-hmm. influence um, was very useful mm-hmm. in that respect. But, like, it was so good. Like, and Holland Taylor's phenomenal. And in the book, P.S., did you know that Stormy is actually John ambrose's like great aunt maybe shut the fuck up yeah so there's she's got like a vested interest in getting them together yeah and so this was kind of nice that they took that part out i think yeah for sure because then it would have been like creepy rather than her just being like i think sincerely trying to help someone yeah and i love that laura jean was trying to follow in margot's footsteps God, those poor girls just having to be mothers for each other so young. I know. I know. I hope Margot comes back in movie three. Yeah, I like Margot. I love Margot. Fucking Laura Jean needs her. 
Um, another great quote, the way you look should be against the law. Oh, isn't that delightful? Oh, perfectly delivered. Laura Jean looked so beautiful. Love that dress on her. And I thought the scene in the snow was quite nice. Uh, with the snow angels and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. It was nice and it was also beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very pretty and it was very well done and... But it seemed, like, quite natural. Like, it didn't... That's what I like about her friendship with um, John Ambrose, is I don't think that Laura Jean tried very hard to make it what it was. No, I don't think so either. Which is why I think they would be a very good friendship. Because I think they like a lot of the same things. Like, Laura Jean doesn't give a shit about fucking lacrosse. No. But hell yeah, John Ambrose has read a romance novel. Are you kidding me? Of course he yeah. has. Of course. Of course he has. But. Oh my god. Okay, well, we have to talk about it now. Yep. <sighs> Fucking Peter Kavinsky. Yep. Listen to her and mm-hmm. shows up when it's snowing. Mm-hmm, because she doesn't like to drive in the she snow. She doesn't I'd... like to drive in the snow. <laughs> Let me tell you, I cried a lot. Oh, my God. And his, like, little speech, too? Holy fuck. I was just like, man, why are you, like, a 35-year-old man in this? I know. Just, like, I want you to break my heart. I want you yeah. to keep breaking it over and over. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. It was so good. It was so good. And dumb fucking Laura Jean put Peter through this. I know. Like, Peter is precious and pure and should be protected save, at all costs. Save the Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. And just, and like, yeah, the fact that, that he just showed up because he knew mm-hmm. that she wouldn't. Uh... And just, I think just to do something nice, just to be like. I don't think he came there with, like, some grand plan. I think he was just, like, in his, like, natural sort of considerate way, just being like, oh, well, you don't like to drive. Well, Laura Jean's at the thing. I'll just, like, like, it was almost, like, automatic. Like, right. Oh, right. We're broken up. Oh, right. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't. No, I'm still gonna, because she doesn't like to drive in the snow. Yeah. Oh, so considerate, Peter. My God. And you think they fucked, hey? I think so. I think they spent the night in the treehouse. It no. It's way too cold. I'm just saying. I'm just saying because they. You're just saying. You know how body heat is generated. <laughs> he shows up. At, no, I'm just saying. He shows is he up also wearing the same stuff? It's he's not wearing his jacket anymore. But is she's she? wearing the dress. Huh. And she's not wearing the jacket. But like I, that's all I'm saying is like he shows up and there you know she's in her in her dress and that's all she's in. And then in the the next scene, after they, like, whatever, and they, and her little voiceover, they're walking away from the property with the treehouse, and it's daytime. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, maybe And they, they fucking didn't... rise into the sky like the end of Greece. Yeah. 
which is very fitting for how the movie started with her dancing and whatever in her room. It was fine. I know. That um, was so cute, too. But, yeah, no, I think, I don't, maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't sleep together, but they definitely spent the night in the treehouse. That's my prediction. That's my, my assumption. This is very interesting. I'm not thinking they about that together. for a long time. I bet they didn't sleep together. But, but I like, definitely hand stuff. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. Did you see how much skin she was showing in that dress? Of course there were hands. Come Megan, on, Megan, are you saying she was asking for it? <laughs> no, I'm just saying there was, I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> oh man! Oh man, sis. Yeah. So anyway, th- that was funny because I watched it on Wednesday, right, when I was homesick, mm-hmm. and then I watched it again Friday night, and it was on the second viewing that I realized mm-hmm. that I was like, "Wait a second! Like she's still wearing her dress." <laughs> See, and my little baby brain was like, oh, they, like, strolled all night talking and finally saying the things they should have said to each other. <laughs> like, fucking well, am I, Laura Jean? Okay, well, I, maybe, maybe you are, I don't know. But, and it was funny, because, like, I, the first time I watched it, and then this, when I watched it on Friday, I actually had to rewind and, like, go back, and I was like, wait a second, that is the same stuff. Um... Okay, two last things before we go. Um, hysterical Kitty retelling the first movie to their extremely goth cousin. <laughs> so funny. That was amazing. And secondly, how fucking pissed would you be if those carolers showed up in your classroom fucking all day on Valentine's Day? Oh, I'd be so angry. I was like, this is madness. Get these idiots out of my room okay so i just i just turned the movie back on because i know oh my god Megan. <laughs> so so when peter shows up to bellevue he's wearing his like wool coat and the sweater that and she's in the dress and then in the next scene he's not wearing the coat anymore but it's the same sweater and she's still wearing the dress okay so hmm. she broke curfew is what i'm saying well, shit, there's going to be hell to play at the Covey house. Damn. Yep. Nah, Kitty probably covered for her for sure. Kitty's probably. no cock block. Yeah, anyway, so maybe, I don't know. Anyway, all I'm saying is some something happens. Maybe they slept in the car. I don't know, but something okay. happens. Well. Um, no, I was thinking about those carolers, the Valentine's. Those, like, song grams, whatever. Fuck, man. I'd be so mad. I get mad on Valentine's Day when there's, like, fucking candy grams. I know. Just, like, get And they interrupt my class, like, it one for, like, four minutes. I'm like, go away. <laughs> no one cares about your high school, your trivial high school relationships. Get out of my classroom. Megan, how dare you? My <laughs> trivial high school relationship is now an extremely trivial adult <laughs> marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. Extremely <laughs> trivial adult marriage. Oh, man, that's funny. I feel like that might be the episode title. Yeah, it's um, written down. There's four <laughs> options now. Uh, anyway, no, I just, uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm curious to know how that, how that works, how that worked out. If they, I mean, I know what happens in the book, but it, this is enough of a departure from the first book. 
mm. in the second book. Like, I mean, it's still the, it's still similar, but there's enough of a departure that, like, I'm curious to know sort of where it goes from here. So, there's how many books? Four? Three. Oh, there's just three. And they're done, yeah. done, done? Yeah. Yeah. And then the three, the third movie, I know they filmed it, like, in the summertime. Did they? So, yeah, like, they filmed them kind of right back around back. the same time-ish. Yeah, and so this the next one's coming out in, like, August, I want to say. Oh, my God. Yeah. I get why this one came out for Valentine's Day, though. It makes sense. Yeah, for sure. This is a good Valentine's Day movie. To all the boys I've loved. Oh, no, to all the boys, always and forever, Laura Jean. Mm-hmm. Huh. I get, yeah. like, after I saw the movie, I was like, oh, P.S. I Still Love You is, like, that kind of gave the ending away. Yeah. <laughs> she was kind never going to choose him. No. No, and that's okay. Well, that's it. Uh, yeah. That's all I, I I liked it. It was fun. I didn't, I didn't have the same, like, kind of joy and delight that I had watching the first one. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. But I also think this is, like, very much a middle movie, so. And it was enjoyable. I had a few very large laughs, including, well, let's never fight again. Oh, (laughs) oh, you innocent teens. Right, right. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. I liked it a lot. Um, I don't have much else. I have lots of questions I got today, though. Oh, shit. Let's fucking lightning round this shit. Like lots, which is kind of nice. Uh, Ooh, first should question. we save some? <laughs> We'd seem no, to go fine. through highs and lows with questions. Well, <laughs> okay, so here's from Sid. Uh, Peter or John Ambrose? That's the first question. Peter. Obviously, Peter. Um, would you rather give up oral sex or cheese? <laughs> this seems obvious. Oh my god. I laughed so hard when I read this question. Like... <sighs> Obviously, you keep cheese. I know I was going to say, I don't think I could live without cheese. So there no. we go. <laughs> Problem solved. Problem solved. How but dare she does, you? She did say this seems obvious. So, okay. Uh, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? What's your favorite? Mm, dinner. Breakfast food at dinner is my favorite. Brinner. Yeah. No, like I good, like dinner. I like I like waffles and, and shit at dinner time. It's the best. And here's a good, here's a good FMK from this movie. Are you ready? Uh huh. <laughs> Peter, John Ambrose, or Doctor Covey? Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! Not fucking uh, Trevor. I, I thought you'd hung up. <laughs> for <a second. laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You okay. marry Doctor Covey. Absolutely. And of course you fucked Peter and of course he killed John Ambrose. Yeah, there's really no debate. No. But it was just funny when I read it. I was like, oh, that is a question. Really blew my hair back there for a second. <laughs> I honestly thought you'd hung up by it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were so silent. <laughs> just in protest? How dare you trivialize Dr. Cubby? <laughs> um, okay, are there any other... Okay, so here's on so sort of on the same line. Do film adaptations owe anything to their source material? I think so. Or does so. a different medium provide it carte blanche to do what it pleases? No. I think there's a responsibility. If you're using the name and you're using the characters, there's certain expectations that you need to fulfill. 
Otherwise, just write your own fucking story. That's fair. Yeah, that's true. Like, imagine, if you will. Look uh, at you, Quentin Tarantino. Just kidding. (laughs) That's all he does. Um, Let's, like, imagine here for a second, like, a Little Women adaptation. Like, a Little Women adaptation, for example, where, like, Beth doesn't die. No, it doesn't have the same... (sighs) Right? Like, it wouldn't have the same... Because Beth dying, yes, is a tragedy, but it also is a huge development moment for the rest of the family. Absolutely. And especially Joe. But... Yep. The story just doesn't have the same meaning to it. No. Or, like, a Little Women adaptation where um, Joe ends up with Lori. I still think that's the right choice, but... Do you? Yeah. He's so not meant to be with Amy. Amy's so fucking snivelly and manipulative and desperate. I think that's fair, but I think I think Lori is meant to be with Joe, but I don't think Joe's meant to be with Lori. No, yeah, I agree with that. I think that Lori's meant to I think the professor becomes who Lori's supposed to be. Yes. Who who Joe wished the or who yeah. Lori envisions himself to be. Yeah. Maybe. Or thinks of himself as. Well, and I was thinking about, like, the question about the film adaptation or whatever the source... And I'm thinking about, like, in terms of, like, television, it's the same thing, right? And it's, like, that whole, you know, when you have, like, the Outlander thing or the Walking Dead thing or whatever, anything that's based off of other stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, you have to make choices about what to include and what not to include. Yeah. And in in the case of both, like, Outlander, like we talked about before, where they have a character that they chose to keep around Mm -hmm. who's not in the source material anymore. Because they're like, we like working with this actor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's totally fine, but it kind of fundamentally changes how yeah. that story arc goes. And it's the same thing with like with with The Walking Dead, where like Daryl became their mm-hmm. their sort of bread and butter for a long time, and Daryl wasn't in the the comics at all. And then Carol became Melissa McBride' portrayal of Carol was like so so good that people really really liked the character, mm-hmm. except that in the comics she died like a long time ago. And in the the TV show, she's still alive. And so, like, I think it fundamentally changes how you deal with those story arcs. But you still have to, at some point, like, try and retain an element of, like, what made the source text inspirational, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think, like, there has to be changes between mediums because fucking if it was Diana writing every goddamn script we'd still be freaking 200 pages into book one like it's true so you have to make changes and I think what you have to do is just try to make those changes true to character my speaking of like to book to to movie or whatever my dad read the silent patient uh-huh and the same thing happened to him that happened to both of us we were like <gasps> what um and did he, he like agreed. it he did Oh. And he's, he really, he was trying to figure it out. And he's like, there were a couple times I thought I knew it was, he's like, but I had no idea. Yes. And, yeah. And then he's like, now thinking about it, it's like going back to earlier in the book when like certain, he's like, now it makes sense. But mm-hmm. he says, until you get to the end, like you don't know. It's kind of like the first time you see the sixth sense 
and you yes. have like no clue and then you're like oh if you went back and watched it a second time you'd be like oh he's always talking to him alone no one else yeah. interacts with him oh there's always yada, red yada. in those scenes blah, yeah blah, 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 blah. yeah absolutely spoilers for the sixth sense <laughs> no we've said that before and i refuse <laughs> to continue it <laughs> that's you know what it's funny though of all like movies and tv that's one that i will not spoil for people like I feel very strongly if you haven't seen it, I don't I would love for people to just see it without knowing. Yeah. It's it's one of the good ones. Yeah. Um okay, other questions that we got here. Uh what are your favorite book to movie adaptations? This is from Mike. Oh. Oh, Little Women for sure at the top. Yeah, it's right Any of well, this one or the one in 94 was also yeah. excellent. Yeah. Um shit. Now I really got to think, and that's not usually my forte. <laughs> um, you really liked Bridge to Terabithia, didn't you? No, I didn't. No? You no, liked the I book. Like, I love the book. Right. I did not love the adaptation. I was also way too old for that movie adaptation. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Actually, I will say, like, The Lord of the Rings. I think they did a great job. Yeah, I really taking, liked them. Taking those three books and taking out all of the extraneous shit. And making, like, three pretty great movies out of them. Yeah, and I think that was... Like, there are issues with those movies, for sure. But I think what they tried to do was to make it more efficient for the consumer. Yes. While still trying to hold an emotional and thematic resonance. Which, Mm -hmm. for sure, it did. Because I can't even watch the last... 47 minutes of Return of the King anymore because I just cry the whole time. But there you go. Um, oh my God. Did you, when um, this brings me back to Peter Kavinsky squared, when <laughs> she said like, do you want this back? It made me think of when Aragorn tries to give Arwen her like light of the heavens back. And she goes, no, it was a gift. Keep mm-hmm. it. I was like, Oh, if Peter says that right now, I'm going to frickin' scream. <laughs> and then he didn't, so because he's he a didn't. teenage boy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be... But it was the same, like, it was the same v- emotional vibe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, any other... Oh, God. Good book to, book to movie? Um, shit, 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 shit. Actually, I really liked The Good German. Uh-huh. I quite didn't, I, I liked the book a lot, but I, I thought the film adaptation was pretty well done. Um, I didn't have any issues with that one, for sure. I was going to Google book-to-film adaptations, but I knew that wouldn't come up with anything good. <laughs> it would just be, like, millions upon millions of results, and that wouldn't be helpful. If you look up best book to... There, here's, here's, what, here's what shortlist says. No. Oh, The Age of Innocence was really good. That is accurate. Let's see. Oh, I really liked um, Emma Thompson's Sense and Sensibility. Just because Emma Thompson's a fucking god. She's phenomenal. Um, um, the Science of the Lambs was pretty good. Yeah. I think it made a. I think it made a better. I think it made a better film than it made a book for sure. Um. Shawshank, Empire of, of the course. Sun. Have you ever read Empire of the Sun or seen Empire of the Sun? Is that Baby Christian Bale? Yes. Yes. 
the book is really good, and I really like the movie as well. I really like the movie. I thought No Country for Old Men. Was I a good hated adaptation. that movie. I did not fucking get why everyone was so horny for it's, that. I, I like the book, but Cormac McCarthy writes. A, I don't know. I I liked. I thought that they took. I thought they took a a lot of really good a lot of extraneous stuff out of the book and made a really tight narrative out of it, mm. which the book did not did not have. Um, the remains of the day I also really liked um, the book and the film. That book really crushed me. I didn't know what to expect when you told me to watch that, but it was. Yeah, it was a lot. Just look at how we're both looking. Are you at shortlist.com? No, oh. not now. Not I was. Like, I was. Oh. We're both looking at the same list. Freaking look at how young and angelic Emma Thompson is in that I know. movie. Oh, she's amazing. Do you know what else was a really good one? Actually, a pretty solid adaptation of um, a book was Catching Fire in the Hungry Games trilogy. Yeah. It was, I think, I think was it was better than one in three. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Oh, the Swedish Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies were so good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, nothing on here that's recent. Yeah, whatever. That's enough. Next anyway, question. There's, there's <laughs> lots. Okay, where do we go? Of course, to all the boys. How could we forget? Oh, yeah, that's phenomenal. Um, any good baking recipes? That's also from Mike. I'm a big lover of a cheddar biscuit. Mm. Or a um, jam finger cookie. Oh, nice. I like, I have a really good recipe for ginger cookies, like soft ginger cookies Mm. that I make at Christmas time. Um, They're pretty good. I also really like just like plain old chocolate chip cookies. Hell yeah. I don't know if I find some good recipes. We'll put them up on our website maybe. I don't know. Uh, question for you, specifically for you. Oh, God, this is too much pressure. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's from Tom, and he says, I finally got around to reading Lethal White, and I'm curious about what you think of the direction Strike and Robin's relationship seems to be going in. I'm extremely satisfied because Robin made the correct decision in ending her marriage. I don't think that her and Strike can be... A romantic couple. I think they should just be friends. But I'm glad that Robin has made a huge life choice because her husband was a fucking dirtbag. Okay. He cheated on her over and over and over and over and over, even after she had PTSD because she was raped in university. Oh, so he was a real douchebag because Tom says he's not a fan about the direction of their relationship. I'm assuming it's like looking like it's going to be romantic. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like the third book ended with Strike arriving late to um, Robin's wedding and like knocking over flowers because he only has one good leg because he lost the other one in the Afghan war. And Robin face like lights up from the pulpit when she sees him. And you think then that like, oh, okay, she's happy he's there. It's friendly, but like, obviously she's marrying this piece of shit, Matt. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm not quite sure. I need the fifth one to know for sure. Okay. Um, just wants to know, why don't we throw out clothes as we go? Why do we always do it in one massive purge? It's a great question. I think because to... It's so satisfactory when you do it at once. It really is. And to do it every once in a while is... I think that's kind of defeats the purpose. Because then... If you throw, like, or donate one shirt, you know, this week, and then two weeks later you donate a pair of pants, you're like, well, I don't need, I, I need to do an inventory on what my outfits are. Like, right. I can't just do this willy-nilly. Right. You gotta do it all at once. And it is very satisfying when you can, like, fill garbage bags of stuff. Shit, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, her other question is, why do our minds get so irrational when we're sick? And the example is, yesterday I clearly ate something that didn't sit well, and I thought for a solid few hours I was going to die, or I would never get better. Oh, you've come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> because I was in Mexico for my 31st birthday, and then came back to extreme illness for approximately seven days. And even after all the purging and sponging was done I couldn't walk 20 steps without feeling like I was faint for the next 5 days so I had blood tests for dengue fever for Zika for pregnancy everything 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 I have nothing it was traveler's diarrhea (laughs) (laughs) oh boy it reminds me of when I was in Ireland and I I got the flu really bad Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that, like, I stayed in bed for probably, I think, probably six days. And finally, we had, like, a seminar thing that we had to do on Monday nights. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And so it was only, like, a 15 or so minute walk to school from my place. It took me, like, half an hour uh, <laughs> to get there. And by the time I got there, like, I had sweated so much, I thought it was like I'd run a marathon. Like, I was just just dripping in sweat. And I sat through this thing, and then I went home, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. So then I went to the doctor the next day, because <laughs> I clearly was not getting better. And they couldn't do anything for me, because it was the flu. Yeah, I know. That's the worst thing about uh, viral. It so much. Yeah. Okay, um, a couple other questions. Are you ever going to watch um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. Okay, because there's questions about this, and so I'll answer them. This is from Steve. Um, they're good questions. Uh, he wants to know, first question, did Cliff kill his wife? I think possibly, but I don't really know. Uh, two, is the Bruce Lee memory to be believed? I think possibly. I think it's exaggerated, but I think that he definitely kicked Bruce Lee's ass. It was a great scene, by the way. Um, is there def- supposed to be a definite answer... To either, I think, and then his fourth question is, if no to number three, is that bullshit? And is it fair for the author or the director to make the audience choose? Oh, you've got a you've got a fucking Christopher Nolan conundrum on your hands. It's kind of true, even though, because usually Quentin Tarantino's, like, a little bit more... Definitive. Definitive about mm-hmm. things, and so that was something I found interesting, because, yeah, there's these two stories that you hear, and this one, well, the story you hear about Cliff killing his wife, but then also this memory that he has of beating the shit out of Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and I don't you're not that. sure, and you're not sure about 
either one. Just the way that they're presented. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just not sure about either one of them. Um, is it possible that he killed his wife? Absolutely. But the cliff that we meet in the film, it doesn't seem like he would. So, the ambiguity... Like, yeah, there was some very definite ambiguity, but I don't think it's bullshit. I think it's okay if you make your audience decide. But... I also think that then if the audience decides a particular thing, you can't get mad at them if they don't decide the thing you intended. Oh, you mean the lost syndrome? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I was just going to think I was just thinking actually about some of the things that I've read since watching Star Wars and people like with their theories about why the ending of that movie sucked so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same kind of thing, right? Like you have, there's been stuff with like one of the guys who wrote it not JJ, but the other guy, he was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we never intended for this, and we don't, this isn't what we meant, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, maybe you should have shown what you meant, and then people wouldn't be having these, like, these big, long debates about it. Yeah, and their names are Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, by the way. I'll never forget <laughs> those people who betrayed me so, so harshly. <laughs> you know, so anyway, um, I just, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like if you if you want your audience to make those decisions, I think that's fine. And I think like the Christopher Nolan thing is really interesting because in Inception, I don't think he I don't think it matters at the end of Inception whether that's a dream or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the point. And I like that when I saw it in theaters, that fade to black made me so angry. But thinking about it now, um, I'm pretty okay with it because I don't mind that ambiguity. Well, no, because. <laughs> It's supposed to leave you feeling something, right? Like Yes. At the at the end of it all, he gets to walk off and he sees his kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. Like that's what he was trying to get back to. And yeah. so if even if he's only seeing his kids in a dream, at least he's seeing his kids. And like that's kind of where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Um with that, whereas like I felt like when I saw it the first time I was like, God, I just wanna know if it's true or not. Um but I don't think it matters anymore. Yeah, that's so fair. I was just I'll just leave it at that. Um, what's the best rivalry in sports? Oh, God. Snooze fast. Um, right now, the best rivalry in sports is everybody in baseball against the commissioner and the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> because today, Rob Manfred, who's the commissioner of Major League Baseball, basically said that the Astros really didn't do all that much wrong. Uh, and it's just, like, a piece of metal, so, like, what, what difference does it make? Like, as if the World Series rings and the trophy, like, don't mean anything. The commissioner said that. The commissioner said that. And would you like to know what the title of the name of the, the trophy is that you get when you win the World Series? Is it the commissioner's trophy it of sure is. integrity? What? No, what? It's just the commissioner's trophy. <laughs> oh, my yes. God. I was yeah. joking. <laughs> I know you were. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that was good. Um, anyway. What's the best display of sportsmanship you've seen in sport? Oh, I always that's think it's like fun. I always think it's like at the Olympics or whatever when you know, like a marathon or like can't finish and that's exactly else what I'm sacrifices thinking. Sacrifices their time to like help them help cross them. the line. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I totally um, agree. Okay, I have questions from a work friend too. So many things. Um, what's the best choice or purchase you've ever made by accident? Or without really thinking about it? Like, it wasn't an intentional thing. Um, zero. I don't... I don't do those types of impulse purchases. 
my husband and I, aka my husband, bought a Dyson vacuum a month ago, and it's the happiest I've ever been. Really? Yep. So that tells you where I'm at. Um, well, you know what though? I, uh, yeah, I can appreciate that. Uh, I would say my food processor. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. It was on. It was like uh, Amazon Prime, and it was on sale. So I was like, okay, and uh, yeah, it's come very handy because I cannot chop onions without crying, and now the food processor does all the work for me. I know it's the fucking best. Uh, it's great. Uh, if people come to, when people come to you advice to you for advice, what field is it normally in, and which field do you wish it was actually in? That's a really interesting question. Oh God. Usually at work, it'll be. It depends on who it is. But it'll be, like, either very much job-related, like, work-related. Yeah. Um, or if it's kids, it's usually his fucking relationships. And, like, I just want to tell the girls, like, honey, they're in high school. And they're just they're just in high school, and that's all I can tell you right now. <sighs> yeah, it's really tough. Um, I get a lot of, like, people will come to me when they're feeling anxious. And it's just like, oh no, I'm medicated for this. Why are you relying on me? I'm not coping well either. But I don't know. I no, I yeah, I don't know. I just would rather people didn't talk to me. <laughs> okay, we have all right. Well, we'll leave that one there. Um, that's like a whole other thing to unpack. Yeah. Um, we have two FMKs to end the night. Are you ready? Let's do it. They're from, both from the office, which I think is great. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing to do with writing them either. I just think they're funny. Okay. Uh, the first one, D'Angelo Vickers, Robert California, or Ryan? I don't know what any of the first two are. Uh, that's D'Angelo Vickers is uh, Will Ferrell when he's on in season seven, I think, for about four episodes as a manager. And then Robert California is James Spader in season eight, and he's the worst character on the show. Okay. And then Ryan. Oh, you know, God. This is a classic tripper murder. It is. It absolutely is a triple murder. Um, and then the last one. Jim Halpert, Charles Minor, or camera guy Brian. <laughs> it's great. I think you married Jim Halpert and you fuck Charles Minor and you kill camera guy Brian. I think that's the Yeah, only... yeah. I think that's, that's right. I feel that's like right. that's how that one has to end. Uh-huh. Because I don't know... No, the, no, because Brian's... No, you can't. That's how it's got to be. Yep, agreed. Sorry, Brian. And, yeah, then Charles... Charles is not, does not seem like the marrying type. No, he's the fucking type. <laughs> and on that note, um, that's all we have for this week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and we'll see you in the dumpster.